When there's nowhere to turn, help is as near as your phone. You call and I will be there. The Equalizer, premiering Wednesday, September 18th. G-Flick is back in the house. G-Flick is back in the house. G-Flick is back in the house. Back to give you another movie review on EQ2. Get in the game, baby. Now, EQ2 stands for the Equalizer 2. It falls under thriller, revenge, and vigilante genre. In other words, violence porn, which critics seem to not like but hey we don't come to see this type of genre expecting a fucking oscar winning picture all right we go there to see the action we go in the theater to turn our brains off and to watch denzel snap people next so the equalizer 2 was released july 20th 2018 so just a week ago about a week ago week ago it is the sequel to the equalizer duh which came out in 2004 now let's move on to something a little new here did you know for this section, I'll just pick up some things that I learned that I didn't know about the film or the film's history. Little tidbits on the film. It's based on the TV series of the same name, The Equalizer. It originally aired on CBS from fall 1985 to late spring 1989, so it was out before I was even born. That means there were four seasons. The previous owner of the role was Robert McCall. He was a British white actor named Edward Woodward. Pretty sure he's dead now because he was old as hell back then. Stats, records, and stars. The budget was $62 million. It grossed $42.8 million worldwide in its first weekend. It beat the very, 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 very white sequel, Mamma Mia. Here we go again. My, my. So nice to meet you. Or can I help you? I don't know the lyrics to that damn song. It was distributed and produced by Sony Columbia. It filmed in the South End area of Boston, the rest of the Boston metro area, and Istanbul, Turkey. The director was Antoine. Fukua, Fukua, Fukukuku, Fukua, F-U-Q-U-A. I'm guessing that's how you say it. This marks his fourth collaboration with the star of the film, Denzel Washington. His previous work includes Training Day and The Magnificent Seven. He directed a ton of music videos back in the day. His most famous is Coolio's Gangsta's Paradise, which used to scare the shit out of me as a kid because that was the Candyman era, and I was afraid of him. I was afraid to say his name three or four five times, and I also was afraid to be in the basement, and Coolio just fucking scared me, okay? He just fucking scared me. The video was creepy as shit it was written by richard wink wank wink not sure how to say that last name his previous work includes jack reacher never go back southpaw the equalizer the expendables 2 the magnificent seven and of course the equalizer 2 the theme of eq2 was simply man's hardest journey is the journey back home that's what it was about the film currently holds uh 51 percent on rotten tomatoes 49 percent on metacritic and a 7.2 out of 10 on imd to the b it stars denzel washington of course pedro pascal moonlights ashton sanders all right i see you boy on the come up orson bean bill pullman and melissa leo next Give us any trouble and you're dead. When a policewoman threatens to blow the whistle on dirty cops, she turns to the equalizer. Lucky me. Highlights of the film on my end, what I thought and what I saw. So the main character, Robert McCall, is essentially the black version of Liam Neeson's character in Taken as far as the action is concerned and the way they move and middle-aged men and their fucking golden years or twilight years that are still kicking ass. I don't know what America's fascination with watching old men beat people up, but 
hey, it's lucrative, so why not keep the train going? So the movie opens up with a teaser to reintroduce us to Robert McCall's equalizing nature, just to show that he's still a badass and where he's at and what he's doing. And what I learned was this film really has nothing to do with the first one. This film is treated as if it were a crime procedural, such as Law and Order SVU, House, Sherlock Holmes, and 007. Washington's ex-CIA agent character, Robert McCall, has moved back to Boston, Massachusetts. And work-wise, he went from working at that hardware store as a salesman to being a simple Lyft driver. How millennial, right? He's essentially Batman without the wealth. The only recognizable faces are Susan Plummer, who was played by Melissa Leo, her husband, Brian Plummer, who was played by Bill Pullman, and of course, our boy Denzel Washington. As he lifts, he kind of listens to people's stories, so he knows he motherfucker, and he forms bonds with his regular passengers, one being an old man from World War II, or who was a kid in World War II, and he was separated from his family, and so the only thing that he wanted to do in his old life was get a portrait of his sister from when they were little, and that is what he did every day. He had a nice little ending at the end of the movie. It made me tear up a little bit, just, just a little little bit it was so heartfelt robert mccall also forms a bond with his neighbors because you know he's a loner especially a man by the name of or a boy i should say a teenage kid by the name of miles whitaker who is ashton saunders character and he's a talented black kid he can draw his ass off he can paint he can do everything art related but he seemed to can't stay out of trouble meaning he's starting to enter the gang life this mirrors the first film in which robert mccall encouraged a former co-worker at the hardware store to lose weight in order for him to become a security guard now while all of that's going on some important diplomat and his wife are killed by a hitman in brussels susan Plummer, who is mccall's only friend she's the only one that knows he's still alive investigates the crime scene and when she heads back to her hotel room she is ambushed by a couple of junkies they were just asking her where the fuck the money was and she had no idea what they were talking about now what impressed me the most about watching sarah Plummer was that she fought against two burly young 20 something men and she whooped ass i was so here for it and she was well into her 60s unfortunately she didn't make it McCall learns of her death. He goes into pure Avenger mode. And then the movie starts to turn into a whodunit. And we eventually find out that his old partner from his CIA days had actually killed Susan. And I figured this out when McCall kept watching Susan go into the elevator with her partner that killed her. Needless to say, McCall wins on some island during a hurricane where his home was. That's where they had the final battle, if you will. A woman is terrorized by a psychotic admirer. Look, I want you to do something before he hurts me. And the only one who cares enough to end her nightmare, the Equalizer. Like we've said, if one doesn't get you, the other one will. Tuesday. I have some unanswered questions. And this is the thing I'll keep going with future movie reviews. Why does McCall time his own one-two punches? Why does he time his kick-ass moments? What's the purpose of that? He doesn't write it down or anything. I want to know why that's important. Why is that there? Because I just think it's there for entertainment purposes. I don't think it's important at all. Why he's so damn nosy? You know, why can't he just mind his business? I guess people are like that. People just listen in on everything. He's well aware of his surroundings and what goes on around him. And I guess you have to be nosy in order for you to do that skill effectively. I want to know why he faked his death. What was the reason why he was killed? Why did he disappear? Why did he drop off the grid? 
and I want to know why he didn't disclose his fake death to his partner, David, who ended up being the villain. I don't understand why he never revealed that either. Things that need explaining, because this film only went surface level into McCall's life. It didn't go too, too, too far. Just a little bit. Just a little bitty peek inside his life. I want to know what happened to his wife. They may have mentioned this in the first one, but I forgot. So I'm going to have to go back and watch it again. And I want to know why he moved back to his hometown. Was it a sense of... He needed to be home. He needed to be closer to his dead wife. I need answers. I want to know what happened to the Russian kid who we helped in the first film. Will she come back later? Or was she just used as a tool for the first film? I think it's the latter. Why were the Brussels diplomats important? What was David's true motive, the villain? Why did he turn into an evil person? Why did he become the, the man that killed Susan? What would have happened if he had been found out. I'm curious to know why he did the things he did. That's not really explained either. And what can we do to create better villains and sequels? The sequel in this was meh. He's a meh. Regular old bad guy who you gotta kill at the end. Nothing too drastic. We barely knew the guy other than he had a family. And he worked for the CIA. That's it. That's all we knew. I wanna know why writers tend to drop the ball on villains when it comes to sequels. I really do wanna know. <laughs> McCall is missing. I kidnapped your father. Now he's a pawn in a deadly game of spy versus spy. Hold it. Robert Mitchum guest stars in The Equalizer on USA, a special two-hour episode, Saturday at 2. This section is about hidden figures. I'm going to talk about some behind-the-scenes people, people who don't normally get enough attention. I want those people to be recognized here. So I'm only going to do a few of them, not a lot, just the ones that I think are interesting. The director of photography was Oliver Wood. He's an English cinematographer. He's been around for a while. He works on mostly blockbuster action and comedy films. He did Die Hard and The Bourne franchise. Casting. We had two women on casting. We had Lindsey Graham and we had Mary Venue. Mary Venue. Mary Venue. She has a French last name. Lindsey Graham started off as a casting assistant back in 06, and now she's all over the damn place. I mean, her latest casting includes the Training Day series. Didn't know there was a series out for that. Need to check it out. Creed 2, Bright, which was on Netflix. I, Tanya, Southpaw, and The Magnificent Seven. Mrs. Venue, or Miss Venue, cast a ton of shit. She's been around for a long time. Her credits go back to 1993. Can't believe that's considered a long time now. Wow, I'm getting old as fuck. Back in 93, she cast it for a film called Golden Gate and she started off as a casting assistant in 1990. Her recent credits include Creed 2, A Star is Born, Death Wish, Deadpool 2, Bright, I, Tanya, Mother, and Star Wars The Last Jedi. The editor of EQ2 was Conrad Bluff. His credits go back to 1983, so he's an OG OG for real OG. He started off doing visual effects back in 1978 as an editorial assistant on Battlestar Galactica. Who's a Battlestar Galactica fan? Gonna be honest, never seen an episode. Maybe I saw an episode, but never paid attention to it. Was I on a Star Trek kick back then? Hmm, don't know, don't remember. Conrad Buff's first editor credit was from The Return of the Jedi, the TV movie documentary. I'm interested to see what that's about. Buff's standout work includes The Terminator 2, Baseballs, Species, The Abyss, Titanic, that's a big one, Training Day, The Last Airbender, yikes, not gonna talk about that one, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and Antoine Fisher. So he seems to be on a good rapport with Denzel Washington, because they've worked on a few films together. They say that a friend in need is a friend indeed. When those in the Big Apple are in need of a friend, they call on this man, Robert McCall. He'll 
even the odds. You call me when you do. Believe me, I will be there. I'm here to protect you. Edward Woodward is the Equalizer. Wednesday nights at 9. And to close out, what's next for this batch? These, this good batch of folks. Will there be any, a third Equalizer? Not sure, but with the success recently, I'm sure there'll be a third one, and a fourth one, and a fifth one, and a sixth one. Until Denzel Washington dies, he is going to be the Equalizer for 10 more years. Not saying that he's going to die in 10 years, because he's still kind of young. Will Antoine Fuqua return, the director? Yes, he said he will if they get the green light. And he's currently an executive producer on Fox's The Resident. Never heard of it, never seen it, but I'm going to check it out. And no word on what he's doing next. Denzel, our star, Mr. Washington, is off, or was off, doing a Broadway production of The Iceman Cometh. No, no words, no articles, no mention of what he's doing next film-wise. But I'm sure he's busy somewhere. Melissa Leo, who I'm slightly attracted to, I have no shame in my game. I mean, shit, she can rob my cradle any day of the week. She's younger than my mama, okay? If you're younger than my mom, I can date you, all right? My mom is 66, and she's like 62. Melissa Leo, holla at your boy. Even if you married. No, I'm kidding. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> she's the lead in an upcoming crime film called Run with the Hunted. And she's also in a drama called Always on My Mind. It's in the early pre-pre-pre-pre-production stages right now, so no word when that'll come out. Pedro Pascal, our villain of the film, is going to be in Wonder Woman 1984, which I'm excited for. Ashton Saunders, who played Miles, the kid that McCall helped out, he's starring in Richard Wright's Native Son as Bigger Thomas, and I'm excited to see him kill that. Uh, he's also in a film called Captive State, and that film is about, well, the premise of that is that it's set in a Chicago neighborhood nearly a decade after an occupation of aliens, because what would the world be without fucking aliens? Do you think they exist? Let me know. I do. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, though. That's too, too much for moi. What's next on Sony's roster? Sony has quite a few films coming up before the year ends. They have Alpha coming out, Venom starring Tom Hardy, which I'm excited for, Goosebumps 2, Haunted Halloween. Not seeing that because I don't want my childhood ruined. I used to love the Goosebumps. And it's funny because I went back to watch them as an adult and they are so bad. So corny. Oh, but that dog with the glowing eyes gets me every time every time creepy baby they have holmes and watson coming up will ferrell <laughs> believe it or not is playing sherlock holmes and john c Riley is john watson so that's probably going to end up being some type of comedy spoof or something i don't know the next film that's coming up for sony is the girl in the spider's web and finally spider-man into the spider-verse will close out 2018 on their roster and that's all i got for you i give the equalizer a 7 out of 10 it was cool i got to turn my brain off i saw enough action it was a decent story yeah i went to be entertained and i was entertained g flick out wednesday i need a change a bored housewife a deadly affair the man who took you up to that apartment was a professional killer the equalizer <laughs>